We've got a quick question for you today before we get started. Is your marriage everything you dreamed it could be? Too often, step-family couples say no. Many experience re-divorce. The stats are as high as 70%. Jen and I are on a personal mission to help you defeat the odds and claim God's best for your blend. God is a good, good father, and his blessings for your marriage are good. Acknowledging the difficulties in your blend is really the first step. The difficulties don't need to steal your joy, your second chance. In fact, this podcast is all about addressing the norms in step families. From high conflict ex-spouses, to kids in rebellion, to financial challenges, to intimacy with your spouse, we talk about it all. If you're ready to kick chaos to the curb and actually begin enjoying the step family journey, we've got a mission for you. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to hop on a free call with us to identify how coaching can help you claim God's best for your marriage. Go to our website, stepfamilypodcast.com, and click on Book a Call to get started. You don't need to do anything as long as you are okay with a ho-hum marriage that may be teetering on the brink of divorce. So head on over to stepfamilypodcast.com to get started so you can stop feeling like an outsider in your own home and begin claiming God's best for your marriage. Hey there, everybody. It's Bill and Jen Rogers, and you are checking out Step Family Mission Possible. This is the show where we teach you that all things step family are possible with God. Hello, everybody. This is Bill and Jen with Step Family Mission Possible, and we thought we'd have a little bit of fun today. We want to talk about some Christmas traditions, and more to the point, we want to talk about your step family Christmas traditions. Where do they come from? Do we avoid certain traditions because they might have been in that other home? Let's talk about that a little bit today. Okay, let's do it. Which one do you want to talk about first? Well, I want to start with a little funny story, and that is when we were engaged, uh, actually before we were engaged, shortly after Jennifer and I met, we went out to cut down a Christmas tree. Now, you have to understand, for me, we did not do real trees, ever. Really? I I never did real trees, ever. That was the first one. Not so, not at all. Not growing never. up at all. So we went out into the forest and we cut down a Christmas tree, a nice big Christmas tree. I think I said I wanted tall and skinny. Tall and skinny. That's right. That's and we right. Got, we got big and fat. <laughs> <laughs> we we did. We did. As I recall, we made video clips on this where we interviewed the kids before we went. And Jess had one of her friends, so she was just early college then, right? Mm-hmm. First year of college? I think so. Yeah, it all it all blends together after a little while. But she had a friend, and we interviewed her, her and her friend, and we interviewed the kiddos too, like on location reporting, video reporting. I, I'm sure we have those videos somewhere. Yeah, so we did this. We cut down a nice tree, what we thought was a nice tree. We popped it up on the hood of the car and probably scratched the fire out of the car. But uh, that was a work car back then, so I didn't care. So we brought it home. (laughs) We brought it in the front door and we set it up. 
and I left for the night. And I'm going to let you tell the rest of the story. Oh, yeah. But, and you left so much out. So this is the difference between when men tell stories and when women tell stories. So women want to talk about how we felt and what we were wearing and what we were feeling and what the weather was like and all of those things. So basically you're saying, hey, we wanted to get a tree. We went, we cut one down, we put it on the truck and we came on back. Yeah. <laughs> there was so much more like I was describing the videos and the recording and, and the hot cocoa that was there and that it was a long drive out to the farm and we had miles and miles and miles of Christmas trees to go through that we went through. We were hunting for just the right tree. We had to saw the tree down. It was snowing. It was cold. Where Weren't you with me on this trip? I think so. But... <laughs> I think all of those things are all... In fact, I believe I cut down the tree. I believe you did. I think you had some choice words as you were sawing <laughs> as well, if I recall correctly. So our first adventure, getting this big, fat tree. And yes, we did We did set it up after we so, crammed it through the door and vacuumed up a whole gazillion pounds of mm-hmm. needles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you left. I left. Yes, you left. And before you left, you had asked me if I needed something. Do you remember what you asked me if I needed? A stand. A stand. <laughs> Do we need another stand? Yeah. So nah, the one we got should be great. N- never mind <laughs> that the stand that we had was being supported by bungee cords and ropes that were holding the tree up to various pieces of furniture in my living room. It's a big tree. It was a big tree. It was a beautiful tree, an absolutely beautiful tree. And then I recall Jess and I, we were doing something, hanging out around in the dining room, sitting around the dining room table and looking at the tree. And I think it was her who said, Mom, the tree is falling. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of those slow motion things that you witness. And sure enough, the tree was falling down. Now this tree had to be about 60 or 70 pounds. I mean, this is a big old tree. Well, the further away we get from the time that we got the tree, the heavier the tree gets. So I'm sure it was at least, I don't know, a hundred pounds and 20 feet tall. (laughs) It was a big tree. And when it fell, it was fully decorated. Oh, that's right. We had fully decorated it. Um, But that's, uh, that was our introduction to Real Tree Christmas. Now, my introduction, what I would love to hear, Jen, is where did that come from? That tradition of going out and cutting a tree down in the forest. Yeah, I did that as a kid. I don't remember how often we went and cut down the tree, but I know we did it with my dad. There were just a few strong memories that I have of doing things with my dad. My dad worked on the railroad, so he was gone quite a bit. And um, when he wasn't gone doing work on the railroad, he was gone doing man stuff. And he was involved in pool and horseshoes and all kinds of stuff. He was probably gone more than he was home. So that's one of the memories that I have is doing Christmas tree chopping with him. Now, I have to tell you, I'm pretty sure that we did it with him. But as I say this to you, I'm wondering, where is my sister? Could she substantiate this? Did we actually go with my dad? But I'm pretty sure we did. Like we went strawberry picking and all of that stuff. I think it was my mom's way of getting some sanity because I was one of six kiddos growing up. So I think it was her way of getting some sanity and quiet in the house to send the kids off with dad to go do this. Now, 
we also, as I recall, <laughs> did tie Christmas trees to curtain rods <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> Growing up, now that I think about it, yeah, bunch yeah. of cords and duct tape. Uh, well, yes, rope, something, <laughs> any, any, any one of those things. So, I don't know if we did it every single year. I just don't recall every year, but that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. And I think I was trying to capture some of the Hallmark movie sentimentality as an adult, wanting to go down and cut down the Christmas tree. And that's funny because, as I said, I grew up never having a real tree. From the time I was very, very young, uh, we had a boxed tree. And you want to know the interesting thing? We had the same tree all my life. (laughs) The same one. Same box. Same. (laughs) Even some of the rubber bands were the same year after year after year. It was a... Christmas tradition. Uh We always put this tree up. We did it sometime early in December. And uh, toward the end, even the wood poles that you put the things in were wearing out. My dad would take it down into his shop and he would repair it and he would (laughs) put, you know, stuff in so that it would hold the... And your dad was (laughs) pretty handy. My dad was very handy. But you, you think about that and you say, why, dad? Why? And it's it's funny because you mentioned, well, my mom needed a break. I think having a fake tree was my family's way of saying we need a break because my cousins, they all had real trees and they were a mess. I mean, constant vacuuming and then oh. we get dry to get under there and put water in there. And maybe one of the cousins would jolt a branch and it would start to topple all these things. I think, you know, my parents looked at that and said, why? Why would we do that? But we did that for a few years. We Uh had. Now, tell our audience, what kind of tree do we have now? Well, we have a fake one. (laughs) We have a fake one. And the great thing about it is we have these double doors that we can open up and just Mm -hmm. take the tree out and keep it all together. And it's a pre-lit tree as well. Although I have to tell you that I'm not so sure I would buy a tree-lit tree, a a pre-lit tree. Did I say that right? I don't know. A pre-lit tree. Pre-lit tree, right. And the beautiful thing about that is eventually the lights go out, folks. Yeah. And when they do, you either have to rip those things off the tree or just kind of... Yeah, we don't do that. Cover them up. We just add more (laughs) lights. And in fact, the top part of the tree just went out. So I went down to find some more lights, but they're the LED lights. So the color's a little bit different. So I almost kind of want to redo the tree, except I don't really want to do that. I wish somebody else would do that. Do you want to do that? Not really. Oh. (laughs) But when you were putting those up, you knocked over the star. I know. I, I know. <laughs> oh, my lands. Christmas trees are, are complicated. Hey, I'll tell you, there was a friend of mine that when she built her house, she told the builder, I want a Christmas tree room. And he raised his eyebrows at her and said, what are you talking about, a Christmas tree room? She said, I want my Christmas tree on wheels. And I want to leave it fully decorated. And I want to push it in the closet. And I want to pull it out. When it's Christmas time, I want to pull it out and plug in and it lights up. It's good to go. It's done. And when we're done with Christmas, I just wheel it back in the closet. I think this is brilliant. I want a Christmas tree. We're almost room. there. We're, <laughs> we're, we're close. <laughs> we're close. But uh, yeah, but those lights keep going out. So uh, we did a couple of Christmas trees that we went and we sawed them down. And it's the classic 
it starts out being a really good thing. And by the end, you're just, you've just had enough and you just want the tree up or you just want it to yeah, fit in. Yeah, you're growling or, saying, we gotta go get a Christmas tree. My goodness, I'm tired. Who wants to do it? Nobody. <laughs> go do it, Dad. That's right. That's right. So I'm just curious how many people uh, let us know how many of you do the artificial or the real Christmas tree. And where does that tradition come from? I think it's. I think the point here is that we bring things to our marriages. And sometimes we don't even understand why. We just do them. So for me to say, hey, let's go down, let's go cut down a Christmas tree. I'm like, huh? What, who does that? Yeah. So another tradition that we have together, and this is more from you than me, I would say, is we wrap all of our presents except that which goes in the stocking. Now, I say you you yes. grew up that way. I didn't. I grew up, my parents, we, we basically each had a spot when Santa Claus came. You had a spot. One was on the chair, one was on the couch, one over there by the fireplace. But uh-huh. everyone had a spot. We knew where our spots were. And there was a stack of gifts. And they weren't wrapped. They were, yeah, yeah, they weren't wrapped. I mean, the only things that were wrapped were the things that were either given before or that we were given to each other, or there would always be a present from mom and dad, even though we knew that all the Santa gifts were also from mom and dad. But, right. But yeah, we didn't wrap. And so when I came into our marriage, I wasn't all that keen on wrapping everything because how long does it take to wrap sometimes? You weren't just not keen. You actually weren't very good at it. (laughs) I'm still not good at it. I'm better than I was. That's where the bags come in handy, right? The bags are really very helpful (laughs) to stick them in the bags. Yes. Well, I do remember our first Christmas, we did a lot of stuff and we had a lot of joy over wrapping presents together. And I remember you were, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that you were in awe of how I wrapped presents. I still am. I mean, Jennifer knows where every fold goes, folks. I mean, I had no idea that you could hide mistakes just by folding things. <laughs> I, I was like, oh no, I've cut the paper un, you know, unevenly. Uh-huh. So I guess it's just going to look like a crumpled mess. And trust me, it looks like a crumpled mess. But at least... Now I've learned to fold it a little bit and make it shorter and just a little neater. So my wrapping's a little better than it was. It is. But but my problem was always that the paper was always too long. I mean, I'd have a foot gift and about five feet of wrapping paper, and then you're just stuffing it on top of each other. And before long, you just got a mess. And you say, it's a gift, the thought that counts, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Oftentimes, the things inside the wrapping are much more appealing than the actual wrapping job. But I do love that you wrap presence now. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you know what's what's really tender about this whole thing is that you got your gift for wrapping from your mom. I did. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, I, I often tell people that if you met my mom within the first five minutes, you would be best friends and you'd get birthday cards and Christmas cards for the rest of your life from her because she just loved on people in that way. She was very warm and welcoming and engaging. And she experienced a lot of joy giving gifts. You know, we often talk about the love languages. Mm -hmm. And one of the love languages is receiving gifts. But I actually say my love language could be giving gifts uh, because I really take a lot of joy in doing that. And there are times, so in my planner, I have a Christmas list 
page. So I have Christmas gift ideas in January for what's coming up in December. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You start right after Christmas. I don't start no. shopping, but I start thinking. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. In fact, sometimes she buys a Christmas gift the year before and says, well, it, it, this is on sale. So we'll buy a bunch of them now and we'll give them next year, too. Well, I just think that's smart. <laughs> okay. Planning for the future, right? It's an investment, yeah, especially with inflation. Do I don't think there's many. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> men go out on Christmas Eve. This is why, I mean, basically you guys are like sitting ducks. <laughs> when you go out to the store shopping Christmas Eve, every single sales clerk has been trained to wait for you because you are coming because the money does not matter. The gift is hunt. what matters and you don't have much time. No, we so is that what you call it? You hunt? We hunt. We basically know exactly what it is we're going. We zero in on it, grab it, bag it, bag it and tag it and get out. And that's the way men shop. And I don't know. I mean, I've been shopping that way all my life. I mean, many, many a great Christmas gift has been bought on Christmas Eve. Trust me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 Let's see. Some other traditions. What do you, What other tradition do you want to talk about? Well, um... You know, I, I did want to say this about wrapping. We have learned in the course of time that wrapping is one of those things you got to do throughout December because there's been just a few oh. Christmas Eves where Santa didn't get to bed until mm, 3, 3 a.m. Oh, and my Santa, When Santa's getting bounced on at 6 a.m. in the morning, oh, yeah, isn't in such a great mood. He's like, get me some coffee and lots of it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that brings us to another great tradition that we definitely want to share. So we're tired. <laughs> and I do know that each year we've progressively gotten better. So when we hit 1am, that was pretty good as far as going to bed at 1am. Last year, I think we made uh, 11. I think we set a record last year. We did yeah. set a record. My favorite, 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 favorite tradition is wrapping the wall. Right, right. Yes. Or wrapping the air. It's kind of like wrapping the air. So in Yeah, this, you put the wrapping paper, but right now we have columns in our home, so we put the paper between the columns. Right. And the idea is that the kiddos are going to act like they're in a race and they get to go and run through the paper. They do. They get to run through the paper. So we have, so I'm on one side of the paper and you're on the other side. So one of us has a camera going and I think I do the camera because I take better pictures than you do. And you do the video on the other side. I think that's how it goes down. And then the, it's the youngest to the oldest mm -hmm. that gets to run through the paper. Right. First. Right. And, and here's the deal. When you do this kind of thing, make sure you clear the furniture. Away. Oh, yeah, because when you're on the other side of the paper, you cannot see the furniture that's there, even though we try to move the furniture. But when the kids are little, they're not really thinking about that. They're just thinking, oh, I get to go and tear down the paper. Who was the one who ran full speed into the back of the couch? James. That was James. Yeah, James, two years ago, two Christmases ago, he got hurt and it kind of ruined the moment for a moment. And then we all just brushed it all off and, and carried on there. But uh, yeah, I do love the running through the paper. And that's not a tradition that I grew up with. Mm. And I, I know that uh, in my first marriage, I came up with that idea. And I don't know why I think, I think it was when we were in, we had just moved into a new house mm -hmm. and I was going down the stairs and I thought, oh, this would be really cool to put the paper up so that the kids 
could not see what was under the tree and that that would be part of the excitement. And so that's where it came from. That's as if they don't cheat and already get up at some point and try to peek. And Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they cheated. And I'll tell you, after I had put the paper up, I remember thinking, oh, when you forget something after you put the paper up and it's totally blocked, it's so not cool. So I actually went out of the house and walked around to the downstairs door and went in through the garage to get to the family room that was downstairs so that I could put something else (laughs) underneath a tree or take care of whatever it was that I needed to take care of. That's not so much an issue now. I mean, you actually can see the way that our home is laid out, but it's still cool. It, It is my favorite. It is my favorite tradition now that I think about it. And that is probably the last thing we do because just before that we tend to, well, no, sometimes the stockings come last, but, but it's those two things. It is, it is putting up the paper. It is filling up the stockings that are you know, the things that take us late into the night, depending on the wrapping, of course. Yeah. And if you guys have listened to us for any length of time, you know that we have two big dogs. We've got a chocolate lab and a golden retriever. And our golden, Rex, he loves balls. So those little Kong balls, the different colored ones. And he has uh, moments of preference for different colored balls. And we cannot figure out what is driving his preferred ball in the moment, but we know when we get it wrong because he rejects the ball. It smells (laughs) He usually gets balls in his stocking and he knows that they're in there. And so when we get up in the morning... He knows it when they're in the cabinet before we even put them in the stock. Yes, I keep changing my hiding spots so that he... So he has to search a little bit more for where those balls are. But the stockings will be laid out on the sofa for everybody. And he'll go up and he'll be barking at his stocking so that he can open his stocking. And he actually doesn't get to open his stocking first because we open stockings in age order. And there are a lot of grandkiddos in front of him. (laughs) So he's got to wait. He's better than he used to be. Just like we all are. You know, along with that, one of the traditions we have, um, it has not been as strong in the last few years, but it used to be a, a, a strong one. And that is that everybody would come in at whatever time. It used to be 5 a.m. turned into 6 a.m. Now it's like 8. <laughs> Depending <laughs> Look, on what time do, Santa wants to get up. Do not anyway. wake a sleeping grandkid. <laughs> that's the idea. Yes, that's true. So, um, they all climb in mom and dad's bed. Yeah. A little version of grandma's feather bed. If you ever heard that John Denver song, right? We got yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry. I don't Didn't know that. get much sleep, but we had a lot of fun in grandma's feather bed. We got two hound dogs and four little sheep and a full shed. Yeah, no, I don't know that one. <laughs> okay. But thanks for sharing. Sure. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, but 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 we we do. We have everybody. So we have two big dogs, mm-hmm. four grandkiddos, mm-hmm. and the kids don't quite get they they sit on the edges, but um Yeah, so I, let's talk about that for a minute because that is one of those blended family kind of things, mm-hmm. isn't it? As far as is it okay to go in my dad and stepmom's room or is it okay to go in my mom and stepdad's room? Yeah, I think you have to establish that ahead of time. I mean, we talked about that. I mean, we didn't just do it. We talked about it and said, hey, in the morning at whatever time, come on in. Because that was a tradition in your home, I think, more than mine. Yeah, yeah. Everybody comes in and piles on the bed. And it's a one time a year that the dogs are allowed on the bed. They love it. And they take full advantage. They do love it. They do love it. So it's really great that we moved up to a king-size bed since we have four grandkids now. (laughs) 
and a grand puppy too. And a grand puppy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. You could, you could make up a song about that. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure you could. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. We've got the stockings. We've got the paper. We've got the, we're each year progressively getting better mm-hmm. by getting to bed sooner and everybody jumping on the bed yeah. Christmas morning. I want to. I want to just take a little bit of a detour here and ask this question. Do you think that there are step couples out there that would be afraid to bring in their favorite traditions because of what might have been in their previous marriages? Oh, that's such a great question. I'd like to have a bunch more people here to ask that question of because I think we'd get a, a variety of answers because there are so many different blended situations. I don't know. I think this is how it works out for us. This is my experience. And you can let me know if this resonates with you. My experience is that I make a lot of assumptions about what is normal. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why you're not on board. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That's really what it looks like. (laughs) When you don't behave the way that my expectations are expecting you to behave, like you're not in the know, I don't even realize that you're not in the know. I think a different example would be this. So when we're with friends, we're out to dinner or doing some sort of event and we have a conversation and you share something about your past, sometimes it gives me great pause because I think I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Like I'm finding this out Mm -hmm. at the same time that people that aren't in an intimate relationship with us are finding out. And sometimes I don't like that. Yeah, well, I mean, I would think that that might be a thing that would occur even in a first marriage. I mean, in the sense that I don't believe we've exposed everything that we've ever been to each other. I mean, there are different times that we say, oh, that reminds me of a time I did this. We might never have talked about that, right? Right. But there are also going to be times, and there are, when something happened to me in that 20-year time period when I was married to someone else. You don't not talk about those things. What you do not talk about is you do not talk about the experiences you had with your ex, say, or that they created or something like that, because that would be awkward. Uh, At least to me, that would feel awkward. Yeah. uh, So let let me just back up to what I was just sharing about where did the Christmas paper come from? So there's this little stutter step in my head that goes, Mm -hmm. oh, that was when I was first married. Yeah, yeah. And there's a part of me that has some reticence in sharing that because I don't want to hurt you because mm-hmm. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time thinking about some of that stuff, I suppose. So I think that's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it a stutter step. And so that's what I'm referring to, that there's a little bit of extra thinking that goes on because when you're in a first marriage, what you were saying the first time, that's normal. Mm. You know that it's going to take you time to get to know one another. And I think that's one of perhaps the misconceptions in a second marriage is that you forget that you need to take time to get to know one another because you get in the thick of it so quickly and you're dealing with all of the blended scenarios as far as where are we living and how do we do dinner, you know, all the basic stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say this to that. We now have been married for seven years. Um, And why are you saying that so gravely? 
I'm not. I'm saying it with purpose. Okay. And and the reason why I'm saying it is to say that I mean, I'm thicker in my skin now, honestly, honey. I I don't care. I mean, it's not that I don't care about it. It's that it doesn't bother me to hear stuff. Okay, a tradition that we had have happened in your first marriage. I mean, I expect that. You know, we come, we we talk about this all the time. We come with our bags and our bags are full. And you were married for 21 years Mm -hmm. and I was married for 20. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of living. That's a lot of living. And to, to expect that all of a sudden we're just going to expunge that period of time from our lives is just not realistic. That's really a great point. Uh, it's a little heavy for our light episode here. We were going to keep it light, <laughs> talking about traditions, all of that. But I do think it is a point well taken that what our prayer is for our listeners during the holiday season is that they enjoy Mm-hmm. the reason for the season mm-hmm. that they enjoy the opportunity to create new traditions and that they create space for grace in those times where they may be feeling a little bit of sorrow uh, or a little bit of doubt as far as what do we do here, especially if it's your first Christmas and you're dealing with kids who don't actually want to celebrate Christmas with you because they're struggling with the blend, or you're dealing with someone who doesn't want to work with you on sharing the kids, if you will. So this is my encouragement to families out there everywhere, whether you're a bio parent or a step parent, that you do make room for your kids to enjoy the spirit of Christmas, which is Jesus. Amen. To enjoy the spirit of Christmas with both of their parents because they need that from us. I think you have to be willing to talk about what's really on your heart. Because I would say, especially in a situation where you have younger children, you can say to one another, hey, we need to establish our own new traditions. Mm -hmm. Those young kids aren't going to necessarily understand that. They're going to be saying, hey, we always do this. How come we're not doing it? And there are times I think that's okay that that kiddo gets to call the the shot and say, "Hey, this is something we always do. Why would we stop just because I, I mean, are we afraid of of what we used to be, and I don't think we should be mm-hmm. now now I, I would say that with with all grace to those who who feel a little bit of a um a reticence to share those kind of experiences with their partner because they are part of who I used to be. Like you say, there are all kinds of different places we come from, but there are also those things like for myself, for example, I have always loved to have Turkey on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh Now we've come to accept that over the years. Now we have, uh, even though it came up again recently, we said, you know, we've still got a refrigerator full of turkey from Thanksgiving because we got a huge bird. We didn't eat it all. We froze a bunch of it. Why should we cook another turkey? And you're perfectly willing to do so, I would say. And and I, for the first time, said, you know, maybe we don't need to. Maybe we could have ham this year instead, which was probably more in line with what you might have had well, no, I did grow up having turkey for Thanksgiving. I'm just not a and fan. Christmas. Oh, yeah, no, not That's Christmas. What I'm oh, yeah, gotcha. No, it's it, it's ham. Uh, 
I'm not a big fan of turkey. I've never been a big fan of turkey with the exception of this last year when we did something completely different. Amazing turkey. Amazing turkey. But look, there is no turkey and there is no ham this Christmas because our oven is broken and we have been told that the repair guys are not coming until January. So we're having bologna sandwiches. Grill them. (laughs) Actually, I hate bologna. We'll we'll grill it. Grill the ham. (laughs) That is, I guess that's what we'll do. We'll grill the ham. We can we can make it happen. But hey, if you are our repairman out there, we really need you to come and fix our oven because it's been two weeks now that we have been ovenless, and you should have been here. Lots of stir fry. Lots, <laughs> lots of stir fry. We are getting creative with what we can do on the stove. That, that is definitely for sure. Hey, listen. Uh, before we go, how about if we pray for our families and give them a note of encouragement as well to actually enjoy the season and, of course, keep Jesus at the center. Amen. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for the position we are in, being married to one another, mm-hmm. regardless of the trials and travails it took us to get here. And Lord, we pray for our listeners too, who are in similar situations, that they would realize that today is the day that the Lord has made. And Lord, that all that we have are blessings from you, that all the goodness in the world comes from you and that you're smiling upon us. And Lord, that as we seek to serve you, Uh, Our second marriages, third marriages, whatever they may be, are just as important to you as our first one was, Lord God, because you love marriage and you love us Mm -hmm. and you love couples, Lord God, that want to proclaim the truth of Christ through their relationships and their marriages. Father, we come from many, many situations. We've gone through so much in the last couple of years. I pray for those who are listening right now that we would take the time to be light, to enjoy that God sent his son for us. And that's what we celebrate on Christmas, Lord. The son of God come to set us free from sin and death that we may reign and live with you forever and ever. And Lord God, we're so pleased and so happy to be in you that way. We pray for all of our listeners that they would have a Merry Christmas and a happy and joyous New Year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So good. So good. All right, y'all. We love you. We had fun sharing. Uh, It's fun to go back and think about why we do what we do. (laughs) and the traditions that we share. So you all take care.